Well, I'm glad all of you are here today and um, just uh, hope that you are living in the joy of the Lord. We're going to talk about joy today and uh, look at some biblical examples, etc., of joy. That's why I have this, uh, oops, over here, this guy jumping. <laughs> I was looking for something on joy and that's all I could come up with. So um, we are going to uh, continue in, uh, you know, Galatians uh, and the fruit of the spirit and looking at the fruit of joy. Now, one of the examples in the Bible of joy of the Lord is, of course, in the life of David. We often find David writing psalms of joy to the Lord. Let's look at one of those, Psalms 98. It says a psalm. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nation. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all earth, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and peoples with equity. And I can just picture David out there tending the sheep and... Um, singing for joy to the Lord, looking around at the beauty of creation. But I also like the fact that he's singing for joy because he knows the Lord is going to come and judge which with righteousness. We can be thankful for the Lord for that these days as well, because we live in a, a world gone mad, <laughs> and it's getting worse every day. But the Lord will come someday and make it right. By the, way, by the way, we as a church are not here to take over the world and make everything right. We can't. Only the Lord can do that. And, and by the way, we are establishing, helping to establish his spiritual kingdom in the hearts of men. And we can't do that either. That's the Holy Spirit who does that if people actually believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of their sins. Well, we can take a page from David who found his joy in the Lord. We can also see David being joyful on many occasions. As you might remember, one in particular stands out, 2 Samuel. Uh, and he says, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, 
danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. Now you may remember that David was full of joy because the ark was finally coming back to the city of David. It had been delayed because the priests, David and Israel, had not followed the commands of God, and Uzzah had died in the process. But now that they were obedient to the Lord, David is overjoyed. He's dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant with all his might. Now you remember that Michael, his wife, Saul's daughter, saw him and despised him for it. But you know what? David's joy was in the Lord. He wasn't doing it for the benefit of Michael or anyone else in Israel, for that matter. He was happy that the blessing of the Lord was coming back to rest on Israel after they had been disobedient. You know, our joy in the Lord is a very private thing. It's between us and the Lord. But it can also become apparent to the world. As a Christian, you should be living in a deep state of joy. Now, that doesn't mean that you're happy all the time or laughing uncontrollably. The Bible says there's a time for laughter and a time for sorrow. But true joy is something deeper than mere happiness. 2 Corinthians 8.2 says, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in great generosity. Joy is also a deep contentment and, and somewhat inexpressible. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's a perfect verse for us these days. We need to have contentment in the Lord. Because with contentment in the Lord, it's great gain for us. 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Wow, it's amazing. We can have joy in some, someone we've never seen, but we know who he is and we believe him. God is also able to bring you to the ultimate joy, the joy of his presence. If you continue to place your faith in him. Jude one twenty four to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Someday we are going to have great joy when we're in his presence. Finally, the joy is going to come around and come to full everything that it should be. Great joy. Well, I wanted to read a few stories of joy from uh, more modern times. This one's kind of a funny one. It's called Let Your Balloon Go. A conference at a Presbyterian church in Omaha, people were given helium-filled balloons and told to release them at some point in the service when they felt like expressing the joy in their hearts. Since they were Presbyterians, they weren't free to say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Although the service balloons ascended, uh, all, all through the service, balloons ascended. But when it was over, one third of the balloons were unreleased. 
And the moral of the story is, let your balloon go. Let people see the joy of the Lord in your face and in your life. It's a powerful witness. I remember when um, I was, before my last year of high school, we were in the States as a family and traveling back out to Micronesia and we went through Europe and uh, you know India, et cetera, and back through the Philippines where I was going to school. And uh, we went to a conference in Germany where uh, Brother Andrew and some of the other people who were working with him were there. And I just remember quite clearly, we were walking down the road and there was this Chinese, Chinese man walking in our direction. And I could just tell by his presence that he was a Christian. He couldn't speak in, any English at all. But his life just radiated the joy of the Lord. Well, that's the way we should be as well. Even in these uncertain times, we need to be a good example to people that you can rise above in the joy of the Lord. It's a powerful witness. It's, it's a form of worship when our joy turns into praise. Well, as a man living around 300 AD uh, was an, anticipating death, he wrote these last words to a friend. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. But I've discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They found a joy which is a thousand times better than any, any pleasure of our sinful life. They're despised and persecuted, but they care not. They're masters of their souls. They've overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. I hope we can all say that, that we are overcomers. Christians are the only people who truly have joy and peace. They understand that this world is simply a short space in eternity. In fact, it's almost non-existent. They are content to suffer and even die for the cause of Christ because they know that they're laying up their treasures in heaven. That's what we should be about doing, laying up our treasures in heaven, not here. This one's called Jesus, Man of Joy. While Jesus was a man of sorrows, Luke also paints a scene where Jesus rejoiced very greatly in the spirit, Luke 10, 21, which implies more than just smiling. The occasion for this joyful outburst was the return of the 70 from their successful mission. They'd been given spiritual authority over all the powers of the enemy and had liberated many from the hold of the enemy. There was good reason to celebrate. But Jesus cautions them, saying, Do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You know, no matter how much power they exercise in their ministry, the ultimate source of their joy was to be rooted in the fact that their names are written in heaven. You know, ministry is temporary. Life in heaven is permanent. 
Then Jesus joyfully thanked the Father for the opening, their heart, opening the hearts of the disciples to see this and to enter into the fellowship of the Father and the Son. On the eve of his execution, Jesus told his disciples that all he had revealed to them was so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. John 15, 10 through 11, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Our joy can be complete in the Lord. They should abide in his love as he always abides in the love of the Father. John 17, 13 says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may be the full measure of my joy within them. The disciples should be the ones that he and the uh, to know that he and the Father are one. Here again, the joy is found in our relationship to the Son and through the Son to the Father. Jesus, the man of sorrows, was also the man of joy. He obeyed the will of the Father and endured the cross by focusing on what? The joy set before him. The joy of unshakable love relationships in the heavenly Jerusalem. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 22 and 23. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly city, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We can thank the Lord that our names are written in heaven. What a privilege. Let's be about getting more people's names written there. This one's called Finding Lost Joy. Many years ago, a little boy was given a gift beyond price. His dead, his dead grandfather's gold pocket watch. How he treasured it. But one day, while playing at his father's ice plant, he lost the watch in all the ice and sawdust. He searched and searched and even became very upset, but no watch. Then he suddenly realized what to do. He stopped running around and became very still. In the silence, he heard the watch ticking. You know, God has given each of us a priceless gift of joy in Jesus. How easy it is to lose our joy in the running around of life. It's, it's always there to find if we'll just pause and listen to the still small voice of the Spirit. Our way to bring joy back is to meditate on the Word of God. Let Him speak words of wisdom into your life. Read the Psalms when you're hurting or sad. Remember that the joy of the Lord is pleasing to God and approved by men. Romans 14, 17 through 18 says, For the kingdom of God 
is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. In conclusion, Psalm 126 says this, a song of ascents. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were, were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has great, done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our for fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. One of the great joys in the Lord is sowing the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you see the tears of repentance on the faces of those who place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you come to know the meaning of a joy that's sown in tears. When we return to our creator, it is my hope that it will be with the sheaves of many lives who have been saved because we carried the seed. You know, someday those who have been faithful witnesses for Christ will return with songs of joy. Thank you.